Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Realm of the Mist Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. This week we have a fun Zoom chat with host of the Ego's Last Stand podcast and executive producer of the funniest comic East of the Mississippi contest, Josh Sardom. If you enjoy the show, like and follow The Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. Brutal presence overwhelms me. All right. Hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are winding down our, uh, I guess the, uh, I guess it's still COVID-19 lockdown. I'm not sure. It's a, you know, it's, it's the kind of taking a backseat to everything right now. Uh, understandably so, but uh, you know, anyway, welcome to the Life Radio Show. <laughs> Uh, my guest has zoomed in already. We have uh, Josh Sardom on the on the uh, the Zoom line with us. What's happening? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm I'm hanging in there, getting ready uh, for all this uh, lockdown to be over, so we can open the club back up again and get something going on. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I look forward to going back to Wiley's. It's a great club. Yeah, well, I, pr- I appreciate that. We we enjoyed having you there the last times. So. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Me and Richie had a blast. So, uh, t- tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your comedy journey so far. How how you got started? When you got started? Who were your heroes? Any anything like that? If you want to talk about. Sure, man. Um, I started doing comedy uh, probably about uh, when I was nine years old. <laughs> uh, my my journey started right about then. Uh, I uh, I was a big fan of uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor, uh, Steve Martin. These were, these were my heroes growing up. And uh, I would listen to their albums over and over. Well, the Richard Pryor I had to sneak from my brother because my brother's uh, seven years older than me. So I had to sneak that one in. But, uh, you know, the other two I, I could, could get away with, or the other three I could get away with. And uh, I would just listen to them over and over and over again, and especially uh, Bill Cosby. Um, and uh, one get together my family had there's like 45 family members there family and friends i think it was an easter and uh i just i brought a chair in the middle of everybody like there everybody's crowded my aunt had this huge house big big living room into a dining room and it's like everybody's just packed in there and i put my chair right in the middle of everybody i sat down and i just started reciting bill cosby himself that that album <laughs> he had and i knew it verbatim and I did the entire set, um, and I had my family dying, and I, I just, like, that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, life, life throws you a curve. Uh, you know, the things didn't work out the way I wanted to when I became an adult, so I was in the military a long time, and, uh, and then uh, I ended up being in law enforcement and, um, for a while. And, you know, and, and, and that's just how life goes. Uh, I, I got into a bad car wreck in 2010, and um, my physical abilities started to wane quite a bit. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we wanted to come back to Kentucky. We were living in Florida at the time. So, uh, you know, I, I opted to uh, retire from that life. And, uh, you know, I had to reinvent myself. So uh, one, one day of being depressed on the couch, because I, I had a business for a couple of years and it, it failed. And 
Uh, I was depressed on the couch for a little while and my wife uh, trying to shake me out of it and help me reinvent myself said, listen, for my birthday, why don't you go do stand up at uh, the, the comedy club in Lexington? And, you know, I was just like, nah. And she's like, listen, it's, it, that'll be my birthday present. You, you've always wanted to do comedy. You know, this will be something that you can get up and do. And that'll be my birthday present. So I got up uh, for an open mic at Comedy Off Broadway in Lexington. And uh, I've been hooked ever since. Um, you know, it, it, it's been a hell of a ride, too. Uh, I, uh, I, I, of course, because of the fact that the kind of person that I am, um, I have to do research on anything I do. So I started researching stand-up comedy. And one of the books I read, this book uh, called Don't Wear Shorts on Stage. If you've never read this book and you're an inspiring comedian, I highly recommend it because there's like so many great do's and don'ts in this book. Um, but one of the things that it said that if you have an opportunity to work at a club, you should definitely do that. Um, the author, I can't remember, and, and I apologize, I can't remember the author's name, but the author stated that, uh, you know, he worked at a comedy club for the first couple of years. He was doing comedy, and it, it helped him immensely because of the fact he got to see business from the other side, and it right. helped him. Yeah, it helped him understand how to be a better comic. So um, I said, like that day, it was uh, it was Friday night. I sent an email to the owner of Comedy Off Broadway, and the very next day, or the the very next like morning, I got an email from him saying, "Hey." Uh, do you want to come in for an interview? And I was like, uh, yeah, totally. And um, so I, I, I go up and uh, he said, hey, you want to start tonight? So I started working the door like the next day at, at Comedy Off Broadway, which was amazing. And it turns out like that's like rare as hell. Like uh, like nobody ever gets in that fast. So it was just kismet as far as I was concerned. So yeah. I worked there. Yeah, I worked there for, for years, uh, you know, and watching acts and learning stuff. And uh, the, the house MC there, Scott Wilson, uh, he's, he's a fantastic comedian. He's been doing comedy since 1982. Um, he's been the house MC since 1995 at Comedy Off Broadway. And he, he kind of took me in and kind of started mentoring me um, as, as far as being a comedian, teaching me old school, you know, how you treat a club, how you treat you know, the people that work there, you know, the mechanics of actually being an MC and, you know, and uh, how to be an MC, which is, it, that's the first step when you come off an open mic is to be an MC. Right. And, and, uh, you know, so he, he really taught me. And then, you know, I, I started to learn from uh, one of his mentors, one of, one of somebody he mentored, this uh, comedian by the name of Lee Cruz, uh, started, you know, showing me some stuff. And as comics came in and out of comedy, I probably, you know, Comedy Up probably gets like some of the best acts around. Uh, a comedian by the name of Daryl Lennox came through, and uh, Daryl, a fantastic individual, incredibly. He's so funny. I call him a, a Jedi Master on the stage because he, <laughs> he can he can take any room and just like turn it into gold. I mean, he's just amazing comedian, and he's blind. If that tells you anything, he's just he's amazing. Um, so, and Daryl started mentoring me and, uh, you know, just giving me advice that helped me out with, uh, you know, my act and, and uh, kind of directing me what things I should be talking about, think versus things I should just like cut loose. So, you know, I, I kind of got a, a, a really fast crash course by a lot of really experienced comedians. And uh, it's been amazing, uh, you know, and, and I've worked with some of the, you know, the, the best acts um that came through comedy off broadway I, I worked with them but i mean i you know i i actually got picked up to 
to run around with a couple of them, which is really cool. Um, just to name a, a couple of the comics I've worked, I've, I've worked with Simbad, I've worked with Bert Crusher, Edna May, Christopher Titus, Donnie Baker, um, amazing people. Um, but you know, it, it's it, and it was going really well. Like I like the, everything started taking off, accelerate, and then this thing called COVID nineteen happened. Yeah, <laughs> and I lost eight weeks of work <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later I lost another four weeks of work. Um, but you know, I, those things happen. Uh, I'm, I'm fully positive and hopeful that uh, things will continue once, um, you know, the, the lockdown ends and people are starting to open up now. And of course with the riots, no one's even mentioning COVID-19 anymore, but you know, um, so well, yeah, it's, that's it's still out there, and I have a, I have a bad feeling that with everybody protesting, getting together in groups, it's it's gonna just yeah, COVID nineteen is gonna make a real strong comeback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that the news announced today that uh, the U.S. has nineteen thousand new cases, and it's like you think no shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just unheard of. I would have never thought. <laughs> right. uh, you know, there's there's a lot going on right now, and the the, the trick is coming out of this, uh, finding a way to make any of it funny. Because right now it's not right. That's yeah. I mean, COVID nineteen I mean, a little bit, but the the stuff going on now with the uh, the protesting and it and the uh, I yeah, that's just there's some crazy things happening right now that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and it, it's like uh, you know the latest thing is now they're like the government's releasing all this uh, videos of like alien, you know, captured alien, you know, like footage of alien craft and whatnot. Oh, and I, I literally feel like that scene in uh, the emperor's new groove when they're stuck in the damn cliff. And, you know, it's just like, let me see, uh, 2020 war, uh, bad disease, uh, riots, murder hornets. Now aliens bring it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel great again yet <laughs> yeah. you know i uh i felt great i felt great before any of that happened so you know it's, i don't know good thing about the uh the, the lockdown and covid and all that is um yeah i've been i've been pushing myself really hard to try and get back in shape so i'm, I'm coming up on 30 pounds i've lost and uh nice. you know, I, I, well, I mean, I got another 50 to go before I'll look human, right. but you know, um, feeling. yeah. So, but I mean, that's, that's one good positive thing that came out of it is, you know, I'm, I'm getting healthier. Uh, so yeah, I, mean, I went the other direction. No, did you? Yeah. <laughs> actually last year I lost probably 70 pounds last year. And I think in the past, probably three months, I've put at least 60 of that right back on. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a vicious circle. Well, yeah, because well, with the club and everything, I'm used to just being on the go all the time. You know, I work a full-time job. I have the club. I right. have homework that I do. I have I perform. I do, so I'm running around all over the place. And now I still have my regular job in my podcast and radio show, but that's it. That's like a, probably a third of what I was doing before. <laughs> right. So it's real easy to just let things go. Yeah, no, it totally is. It totally is. Um, you know, and it, you know when you're out and you're away from home and you're, you're missing your family. You know, you're out doing comedy because you know it's you love it. 
but you know, you, you, you get kind of depressed like comics do. And so, you know, you're at a club and there's drinks and people are laughing. And so you, you have drinks and, and whatnot. So, you know, that always puts pounds on me. Um, you know, and I just, I pretty much have stopped drinking at this point at home. So, I mean, that's, you know, I guess that's why I'm dropping weight too. Yeah. I, I, I've actually, I've been drinking a lot less during yeah? the lockdown. Oh yeah. A lot less during the lockdown. But when, this, when this all started, I mean, I, I'm a vodka drinker. When this all started, I went and stocked up just in case they closed the liquor stores. So I had like eight bottles of, uh, <laughs> of Stoli and my, <laughs> and, uh, I, Probably about uh, three weeks into it, I just lost the taste for it. And I really, I mean, every now and then I'll have a little bit, but not much. And that's. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. I, I figure I, I don't don't have as much stress to deal with, so I'm not going to need to drink as much. Yeah. You know, I mean, whatever we got to say to live longer, right? Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> whatever we have to tell ourselves. Right. <laughs> So you, you talked about uh, being an MC and the levels of comedy. Uh, uh-huh. What which level in your experience are you are you most uh, excited about? I mean, would as far as advancing to? Well, I mean, I of course I'm excited about uh, eventually becoming a headliner. Um, you know, right now I'm a feature level comedian, um, and I, I. But the thing is, is, I absolutely love being a feature. I, I love. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that, like, I, I emceed for a long time. So, I mean, I, I, it's not that I got sick of emceeing. It's just that, you know, it's exhausting that when it, you take a crowd that just, you know, your job isn't to be funny, first off. You know, a lot of emcees think they have to go up there and be funny. Your job's not to be funny. As an emcee, your job is to get them settled, get them focused, let them get their drink orders in and or food orders in. And focus. Your your somewhere. volume your volume's really fading, so I'm not sure what's happening. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Is it okay now? No, it, for some reason it's it, you just got really quiet. It, is it back now or? A little bit. Oh, go go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, it's all right. Um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, people think that an MC's job is to be funny. It's not. You, you're you're supposed to get them focused and let them get their drink orders in and or food orders in. And then, uh, you know, once, once they're, they're settled and focused, if, by the time the feature gets up there, if, if the feature, the minute he does his first joke, has their full attention, the MC did their job. Right. Um, so it, it, it's just exhausting, though, because you are up there doing material and you are trying to make people laugh because, you know, it, it's just that's what the jokes are for. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's, it's a mental game you have to play with yourself. So, uh, like, after MCing for, you know, years, I'm really happy to be a feature. I'm very excited that now I'm a feature level comedian. You know, I'm playing in the middle. It's a nice sweet spot. Um, you know, my job is to bring the level up and, and get them ready for that headliner. But you know, I'm I, obviously I'm very excited um, once I'm able to become a headliner. You know, it, 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 my feelings on being a headliner. It's not about just you know. Everybody says, well, you got to have 45 minutes. You got to have an hour and a half. You got to have you know X amount of material. It's not about the material. It's about how many butts you can put in the seats so the club can sell beer. Right. Uh, it's, it's about making the club money. And if you, if like when my, if, when and if I get a following that's big enough um, where I say, Hey, Don, I'm coming in town and like, you know, 80 people pile in every night because they're there to see me. Hey, you know, maybe, maybe now I'm ready to become a headliner. You know, right. I mean, that that's, that's when you're, you're ready. Not when, you know, your material. And that's a lot of people jump the gun on that. They think 
they're supposed to be a headliner. Right? And they're very, you know, they could be very, very funny. I know a lot of people that are, are headlining. They're very funny comedians, but they don't have a huge following. And it's, it's like you're almost shooting yourself in the foot because it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're being extremely funny for a small handful of people. Um, but you really need to work that social media and get your name out there as best you can and just hit every avenue you can to try and get, you know, your presence when your you know, your footprint's big enough. But when you go into a club and they say, hey, they're going to be here, we got to go see them. That's, that's in my opinion. I mean, you, you might, I mean, what's your opinion on it? Oh, Ed, well, as a club owner, a, cl- a club is not as concerned about whether or not you're funny or how much material you have. We, we want butts and seats. Right. I, I told somebody, as weird as it sounds, I told somebody a while back that, uh, you know, a comedy club isn't really in the comedy business. We're selling drinks. Right. And if, you know, because <laughs> so, somebody was talking about we should do, a, you know, online shows. It's like, well, during the lockdown, it's like, well, we can't sell drinks. Right. What is that going to do for us? No, no and I, I, 100% I agree with you. And, you know, the, the, a lot of people running those comedy Zoom shows, I don't know how good they did, if they're still going. I, all I know is that it, it's as a comedian, it is not worth doing, in my opinion, because it's like you've got these faces that are in front of you on the Zoom and you're cracking your jokes and they might smile, they might be laughing. We don't know. They're muted. So, you know, <laughs> that's no fun. I could do that in the mirror. Yeah. And if, it, and if it's other comics, you know, they're not laughing. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's I always love those open mics that are all comics. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, that funny story. I, I was in a club in Virginia and, uh, they, uh, I showed up a day early cause I just, I didn't want to, uh, have to rush the next day to get there. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting at the club and they have an open mic. So I'm watching the open mic and uh, the host is like, listen, man, you know, if you want to go up and do whatever time, you're more than welcome. These guys could benefit from seeing someone who's on the road, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you know, sure. I'd, I'd love to, to go up and, and work on some stuff. So I, I get up there and I do my jokes. And of course it's a room full of like 25 comedians. Well, open micers. And they're just kind of staring at me. You know, I, I get some jokes or some titters here and there. And, you know, some of the stuff is brand new and it's like, okay, well, you know, I get why, you know, maybe they need to work on this. Some of the stuff I know makes people laugh and they're still staring at me. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, whatever. It's an open mic. That, that's what happens. Um, you know, I don't have a soul at this point. I've been to too many. Um, so I'm at the bar afterwards with the owner and this guy walks up to me. He's one of the open micers. He walked up to me and he goes, he goes, hey, man, you were hilarious. I go, thanks, man. He goes, but nobody laughed. And I'm, I, I, and I just busted out laughing. And I was like, how many times have you been on stage? He goes, well, this is my second time. The owner interrupts and goes, you're talking to our feature this weekend. He's been on stage thousands of times. Go away. <laughs> it was just too funny, though. It was like, you were hilarious. No one laughed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I, I love that. As I, I've been told before after doing a set that was just seemed total garbage because nobody laughs. Like, you were really good. It's like, well, why didn't you? show it when you were in there right like like uh, th- i had one guy that looked at me the entire set like i owed him money like he <laughs> was just arms crossed indian stone face did not move he looked like an oil painting right he just he was just staring at me that's and, still, uh, that still messes with me <laughs> oh it, it always will it always will but i you know i like i i looked at him a couple times and like during the set 
And at some point you have to address it. And I looked at him, I said, are you here on court order? Like, what's the problem? You know, <laughs> And, uh, you know, the crowd's laughing. He doesn't move. So after the show, you know, the headline, after me, the headliner goes up, does an hour. After the show, we're out in the lobby like always. And uh, he walks up to me and he's all smiles. And I'm like, well, that's a different look for you. And, uh, you know, he shakes my hand. He goes, dude, you are hilarious. I take my hand and I motion it like in, a foot in front of his face. And I go, well, this area here said I wasn't. <laughs> it's like, you need to work. You need to communicate better with this area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the part that needs to tell me I'm funny. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough because, it, I mean, it, it will. I, I can be having a great set, everybody having a ball. And if there's one person staring at me like that, it just messes with me. <laughs> yeah. This, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's always good. somebody right in the front. Always, always. You know, I, I mean, it, it, I, I think it, it, it just as you go, it just gets to a point where you just you either address it or you ignore it. I mean, but you always notice it. You always notice. It. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the worst set you ever had? Oh, God. <laughs> I just, I'm, um, I'm sure being doing this for a while, there's probably a lot because I know yeah. I haven't been doing it as long, but there's still a lot. Um, so, uh, the first time I got to feature comedy off Broadway, um, I was featuring for Etta May and, uh, <laughs> she, uh, it, she, for whatever reason still had shows, uh, Wednesday through Saturday. So it's a Wednesday show. It's the very first show. All right. And like 25 people show up. It's a very small crowd. And I swear to you, these people thought they were going to an auction. All right, because they were just uh, every last one of them cross armed. All right, and uh, like I'm ten minutes in, and I've barely gotten a titter out of anybody. And like Edame came into the room, and like she went over to the manager, and, and uh, the manager goes, "Do you want me to light them early to get them off there?" Because they were getting nervous because the crowd wasn't laughing. <laughs> and she's like, "No, let's see if he can swim." <laughs> so. 25 minutes I'm up there with this crowd that refused to laugh. Like, it, it, I'm telling you, if I had a kitchen sink, I would have thrown it at them. I mean, it was everything I could do to try and get these people just to crack a smile. It was like, it was it was a living nightmare. Like, the only thing that would have made it worse is if I was naked. Like, it was... <laughs> and, uh, you know, I come off the stage and uh, Edna May leads into me and she, she goes, well, it's this first show, and then she walks on stage. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I guess she's not upset about it because you always worry about if the headliner is going to be pissed at you, right? Well, she gets up on stage. Now you're talking. This is generally a pretty clean act with anime. I mean, she can get dirty. Trust me, she can. Yeah. But normally, she's pretty. She's pretty tongue in cheek with most everything she says. Five minutes in, she calls for a beer. <laughs> apparently it wasn't just me that was having an issue with this crowd but you know it's still it messes with you hardcore and then afterwards she goes well i call it a pancake and i said i said what do you mean pancake she said well it's like the first pancake in a batch it always it's always messed up she goes yeah. so you got the pancake out of the way thursday friday saturday there'll be great shows you know we have five more shows she goes there'll be great shows she goes don't worry about it so I mean, the rest of the weekend went fine, but yeah, that was that was that was like like it messed with me hard till I got home, and my wife was just like, "Fuck it, you got five more shows, don't worry about it," you know. So I was like, "All right, 
And I think one of the things I've noticed if, if you're, you're hosting or you're, uh, uh, featuring for a, a bigger name like an Etta May or a Donnie Baker or a Patrick Niemiller or some one of one of these people that that's well known right now that's been out for a while you have to work a lot harder to get anything because they're not they, they don't give a rat's ass yeah. about you they are there for yeah. that headliner only yeah yeah they're there and that's another lesson that all features need to learn and understand is that no one is there to see them I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're in your hometown, your mom or family or somebody might be out there to see you. So there is, there is a, you know, a, 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 what's it called? There, there, there is a, um, there, there, there is, there, I can't, I can't think of the term I'm trying to think of. But anyway, uh, you know, there, there is a reason why sometimes people are there to see you, but at most of our as a feature, no one is there to see you. You know, right. don't don't have that ego where you're just like, well, I have to kill. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right, the, the headliner has to kill. That's the one they paid to see. They have to kill. Uh, you as the feature, you got to be funny. You got to raise. You got to raise the the bar up a little bit. You know, you got to get their energy going. That's your job as a feature. That's why it's so comfy because you know you don't have to warm them up. You just got to bring their their energy levels up and hand it off to to the real professional. You know, <laughs> the guy that's on the marquee. That, uh, did I say monarchy? Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, I, by the way, I, by the way, I should mention that uh, in my lifetime, I've I've uh, been into a lot of fights. I was in law enforcement. I was an instructor for a long time. Um, you know, so <laughs> I dealt with. I was an instructor for a long time. So uh, I got into a lot of fights. So my head, I've been hit in the head a lot. So if I say <laughs> things that are just bizarre, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Uh, I've I've uh, I've featured a couple times, not at the club because I don't consider myself feature level at all yet. Uh, I I love to MC because to me, yeah. go, I I love the challenge of going into a cold crowd and warming them up. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't put myself at feature yet. I have a few times I've closed out a couple open mics, but I'm I I, I think in comedy you kind of have to know where you are. And there, there are a lot of people, like you said, get ahead of their self and think they should be doing more than they're presently capable of. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I find uh, the, the biggest mistake is a lot of comics try to go from open mic to feature. And unfortunately, I've seen some clubs allow that happen, and it's always a bad, bad thing. Um, you know, you... There are very few phenoms in this world, in the comedy world. Uh, you know, the, I honestly, the only phenom I know of is Eddie Murphy. I mean, that that guy at 22 years old was in that theater filming Delirious, right. uh, selling it out, and he was 22. And you know as well as I do, most headliners it takes them 20 years minimum. Yeah. You know, most of them to get really good where they can sell out a theater. You know, and this guy did it in what? I mean, I know he started doing comedy in his teens, but still, it usually takes decades. And this man, you know, but outside of him, I don't know anybody else that's ever done it. Um, you know, like you mentioned uh, Ryan E. Miller. Um, you know, I mean, Ryan's, a, a, the guy's been doing comedy 16 years, you yeah. know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, he was just on AGT. He just did really well. But you know what? He's not new to the game. You know, right, and he's right. he's headlining now because of a worldwide stage um, that he got, and you know it, it's it, it'll be probably another four years before he starts selling out theaters. You know, and again, that's that twenty year mark. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's just worst thing uh open micer can do is think he just jump right. He's gotta learn how to MC because that's oh, that's yeah. that's where you learn all the the rules to the game. That's how you learn how to be that locomotive captain where you're you're keeping the ship moving. Yeah, yeah that, continuity. And I get some of it. If you if you come in as an open micer and you're just starting out and you have a really great great set, I mean, yeah, I can understand the excitement, but yeah, you gotta chill because you're not going anywhere for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and it's in fact yeah, I've seen I've seen open micers try to jump into MCing and hosting that should not have gone there yet. Yeah. I, I had a this is kind of a funny story. I'm not gonna mention any names just in case she ever listens That's to this. But, uh, <laughs> If she hears the story, she'd be like, crap, that was me. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so um, I'd been doing comedy a, a little while at this point, and uh, she had messaged me on Facebook, and she said, hey, listen, um, we're starting a new mic at such and such club, and uh, the owner wants us to put on a show. Would you be on it for me? And I was like, yeah, you know, no problem. I'll definitely do that for you. Uh, so I show up at the place, designated time, whatever, and. Uh, it's just me and her. And uh, I said, okay, uh, how much time do you want me to do? She goes, oh, about five minutes. I'm going, five minutes? <laughs> I, said, I said, well, why am I only doing five minutes? Who's going, who's, who's going before me? She goes, oh, no, it's you and then me. Okay, just to give you some clarity on this, she huh. had been doing comedy maybe a year, and she maybe had about six mics underneath her belt. Wow. And she was thinking she was going to headline. And uh, so I went up. I did two minutes. <laughs> got her on stage and thanked her and left. But <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is ridiculous. Why would <laughs> And not say I'm not saying I'm a headliner, but I'm just saying it's like you've been doing like comedy a minute. You know, <laughs> you got six bikes under your belt. How are you the headliner? Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I actually did know somebody up here. He doesn't do comedy anymore. He was a one and done because he actually, he rented out a theater because he wanted his first time to be headlining. Oh, and he got yeah. some local good comics to host an MC for him. I think there were probably about four or five comics on the show and then this guy went up, and I guess he just fell on his face for 45 solid minutes. But wow. didn't get it. He didn't understand he wasn't doing well. Yeah, that's, that's dedication. There are a lot, <laughs> there, there are a lot, of, lot of really good – like I, I, I know another guy that, that he just swears up and down. He's the headliner, and he doesn't – I mean, listen, this is a word of advice to everybody that's listening. If you're an open mic comic and you say you've been doing comedy for four years and you've only gone to the open mic at your local club once a month <laughs> you haven't been doing comedy for four years <laughs> just because your starting time is elapsed I mean it's just that's ridiculous um you know my first two years of comedy I hit over 500 mics I mean let that resonate with wow <laughs> that's that's dedication that's i was in my car constantly my wife hated me those two years because <laughs> i mean i was i was traveling to different states and club after club i was hitting four mics a night sometimes like on mondays in lexington you used to be able to hit four mics in a night um so i mean it's just it, it was crazy you know uh yeah that's 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 going all in right there that's yeah that's that's how you get that mileage underneath you but I mean, it's, it, you know, when you, like, <laughs> we got a comic here in town, um, 
I mean, he, he's been doing comedy, I think, 13, 14 years. You know, uh, he started doing comedy 13, 14 years ago. But, I mean, there's five, six years where he didn't do anything. You know, but he still claims he's been doing it 13, 14 years. And it's like, right. no, that's, that, no, that, that's not, ha- like, like when you times anything by zero, it's still zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think la- last year was my busiest year uh, performing. I still, I still don't think I hit it that hard. <laughs> well, I mean, don't, but I, I was doing probably 14, 15 shows a month last year. Yeah, you know, and you, which is you a also, lot for me. You also have a full time job. You you have a club you own. I mean, you're you're kind of busy. So, like, if anybody yeah. gets like a pass, <laughs> yeah, but still, it's <laughs> there. The I, I still don't think I get a pass as far as you know being able to say I perform comedy for this long. When I when I first started, I was hitting it kind of hard, but still not as hard as last year. And I think I burnt myself out on it, but. <laughs> yeah. but i'll get back i mean that's that's why i'm you know i'm not totally upset about the the lockdown because it's, it's a good time to sit back and reflect on it but well i think i'm going to take a little break i'm going to go refill my coffee cup and uh, if you're going to stick around we'll be back and we'll uh, we'll talk about some stupid news stories that sound good yeah that sounds great i love talking about stupid things all right perfect <laughs> we'll be right back on the life radio show don't go anywhere
All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are Zooming. We are Zooming with Josh Sardom today. Uh, we're coming back from break. We're coming in hot. We got some great news stories to talk about, uh, or at least some news stories to talk about. <laughs> I don't know how great, but uh, if hey, we're that, ready to get started, we're just going to start hitting it. You ready? That, 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 that reminded me of what the doctor once told me about my... Uh, my venereal disease result said coming in hot. Anyway, let's yeah. go. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. It sounds bananas, but authorities in India in India say a troop of monkeys attacked a medical official and stole blood samples belonging to patients who had tested positive for the coronavirus. Of Earlier, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Nike store was closed, so. Well, yeah, what else are they going to do? <laughs> Earlier this week, a lab technician in state at a state-run medical college in Mirut. Um, Mirut, yeah. Mirut, we'll go with that, uh, was yeah. walking across campus when some rhesus macaques converged on him. It's, uh, uh, we're always having trouble with macaque on this show. Uh, the monkeys then snatched away blood samples that the lab tech was carrying that uh, came from four COVID-19 patients who were undergoing treatment. Uh, eyewitnesses reported seeing the monkeys chewing on one of the sample collection kits while sitting on top of a tree. In addition, the monkeys left part of the stolen kits scattered on the ground concerning local officials. So, yes, we have murder hornets, we have riots, we have COVID-19, we have aliens, and we have monkeys that are now stealing blood samples. And it's like West Side Story when they approach them. You just hear them start snapping. <laughs> yep. And they're like, oh, crap, here comes the monkeys. They're, they're yep. snapping their fingers. They're going to steal from them. The sharks and the monkeys are going to go at it. That's, I think murder sharks is going to be the next... The next yeah, but, they're, they're going to learn I mean, to walk on land and they're just going to 2020 is just going to be one disaster after another. Well, I mean, everybody knows sharks murder, but I think it'll be sharks with freaking lasers on their heads. That's, that's what it's going to be. That's what we need. That's what, yeah. <laughs> oh, so monkeys, I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I got to wonder, I, I guess they just, they're just monkeys doing what monkeys do on that. Hey, they should just be happy that it's fling poop at them. I'm just saying. Right, right. Well, especially that's what they're known especially for. now because it's going to be COVID-19 monkey poop. Exactly. And therefore, it spreads and you have to stay six feet away from it. You know that, right? right? You're outside, right. you see poop, you got to walk six feet away from it. I, I usually do. <laughs> I think COVID-19 monkey poop might be a possible uh, episode <laughs> title. So, <laughs> so I, let me write that down because, you know, yeah. any, anytime we get a gym like that, yeah, and, and those of you that are listening in Colorado, don't name a strand of marijuana that. Please don't. Oh, that would that would be great. COVID nineteen monkey poop. Oh, give me give me an ounce of that, man. Taking a joke <laughs> off the COVID nineteen monkey poop. <laughs> How do you feel? I don't know. I have a fever and I feel like wasting away. All right, uh, the, we'll we'll go with we'll go with a cute story. These bears are having a blast. The Dutch theme park Walibi Holland uh, put twenty two oversized teddy bears on a roller coaster and filmed the ride, and it almost looks like they're coming to life out of sheer happiness. Uh, I, I, sorry, I threw up in my mouth a little bit there. We can't cover this. Is way too happy a story right now. <laughs> but there's there's not even a mention of somebody's. Orange being eaten? I mean, nothing. Right. That's that is so weird. <laughs> so we'll go. We'll go with something that's a little more uh, the life radio show speed here. Uh, talk about getting off. 
An Australian man accused of breaking into the wrong house as he sought to fulfill another man's sex fantasy has been found not guilty. What is wrong with this thing? Okay, here we go. Sorry, my, my computer's acting up. It always does this anymore. <laughs> On Thursday, a judge in New South Wales cleared uh, Ter Terrence Leroy of charges stemming from an incident last July where he was one of two men hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy of being tied up while clad in his underpants. Because who doesn't? Uh, problem is, Leroy and his partner went to the wrong house. The case of mistaken identity began after the man living in uh, western uh, New South Wales... Uh, near Griffith went on Facebook looking for someone willing to tie him up and then rub a, <laughs> rub a broom handle around his underwear. Of course. Sorry, that's, yeah, why not? He was willing to pay $5,000 if it was, quote, really good. <laughs> uh, that's that's what the judge that's what judge Sean Grant Sean Grant noted in his ruling a uh, police officer testified that the man who hired Leroy and another identified man had a uh, quote history of, uh, and proclivity for engaging in services the services of people whatever the hell that means after finding two people willing to engage in the role-playing fantasy he sent his address to him but on the day the fantasy was to take place Leroy and his partner showed up at the wrong house <laughs> the home's occupant who was on his way to the bathroom heard noise and assumed it was a friend who came by each day to make coffee <laughs> the victim yelled bugger off it's too early oh <laughs> uh, but turned turned on his nightlight after hearing someone ask if if he was the name of the man waiting for the kinky role play yeah <laughs> The victim then turned on a light and saw two men carrying machetes standing next to his bed. <laughs> of course. Yeah. That, no, that, I mean, that's, that's standard. That's standard. Yes. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> par for the course right there. Is. Uh, and, and the safe word is apple tree. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the, the guy at the, the, the wrong house guy just went ahead and went with it, you know, cause. <laughs> cause that's what you do. Right, right. If, somebody, want to be if, rude. if two people show up with a machete and a, and a broom handle, I'm going to let them rub it on my underwear. That's just really <laughs> – that's that's lesson 101 right there. Of course. That's, oh, wow. So, yeah, that's – got to love Australia. Yeah, Was I it Australia? I bet, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be Australia. Either that or Florida. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, oh, speaking of Florida, here we go. It's always crazy. Always crazy in Florida. Uh, an apple a day will keep the doctor away, but a banana a day uh, might bring you scorpions. So <laughs> yeah. A couple from England was shocked to discover a scorpion native to Florida hiding in a bunch of bananas purchased from a local grocery store. While the boyfriend and girlfriend said they initially thought the animal was dead, they realized it was alive when it started to scurry across the bedroom floor. <laughs> bananas in the bedroom. Okay. Uh, Matt Fry and his girlfriend, Monica Vissel. Uh, were unpacking their groceries when they uh, discovered the scorpion. Uh, Fry said he was able to trap it in a jar before anyone was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> trap it in a jar? Trap it in a jar. What size jars does this guy have lying around? He's like, well, I was going to put these peaches in. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, especially you just happen to have those jars in the bedroom. Uh, yeah, that's that's some cakey stuff going on right there. Yeah, Wouldn't surprise me if a couple of dudes with a machete showed up. Yeah, you know, and remember, the safe word is apple tree. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> the whole thing, the safe word is apple tree, because that's, that's right. That, 
that might be that might be a title as well. I'm just saying that that'd be a good name for an episode because everybody would be tuning in, going, "The safe word is apple tree." What? What? Yeah, how did how did they know my safe word? <laughs> <laughs> Henry, we got to change our safe word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they figured it out. <laughs> You're gonna be able to get into our Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! How did everybody figure our password out? You guys. Everybody knows your safe word has got to be the same as your Wi-Fi password. That's right. That's Two guys <laughs> with a machete equals a <laughs> apple tree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? Oh, two-faced kittens. Nope. What? Two-faced kittens. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see. No, I'm not going to read well, that one because it didn't. Well, cats, cats, cats are jerks. I mean, they. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they're two-faced. They're that's true. That's true. Let, let me read this story. I don't want to read the one I just pulled up about it. Uh, when uh, That's what I hate about this site. You have 9,000 pop-ups just to get to the news story. When Kyla King's cat uh, gave birth on her Oregon farm on Wednesday, she found four tiny newborn kittens in the litter. But then King saw two others hiding behind her mother. And one was much different than all the others. The, the kitten had two tiny noses, four eyes tightly shut, and two mewling mouths. Uh, King sent a photo of the two-faced cat to her husband, BJ King. <laughs> much worse than Tiger King. <laughs> Although I think Tiger King was a BJ King. Anyway. <laughs> I believe so. I believe so. Boom. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have six and one third kitty cats now, she wrote. Uh, while the two faced cat is an unusual phenomenon, it's not unheard of. Uh, there are, uh, these are known as uh, Janus cats. Hmm. Oh, after, after the Roman god uh, Janus, uh, <laughs> who is often depicted with two faces in mythology. After after my ex wife that couldn't tell tell the truth if you poked yeah. her with a stick. Yeah, Damn it, Janice. Yeah, Janice was two faced as could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well there you. And we got to talk about these two faced cats. What they you been doing yeah. in there? Yeah, they just they lying, <laughs> lying on everybody. All right, what <laughs> what else here? We'll we'll talk about this this idiot. <laughs> maybe, I, I like maybe that we will. No, nope, that's that's just a video. We're not watching a video. I, I like that segue. Yeah, we're talking about this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> <sighs> I hate all the pop-ups on this site. This is CBS News. It's fake news. It's all pop-ups. A uh, teenager was caught driving 191 miles per hour in his father in his father's car on a highway in Ontario. Uh, more than triple the speed limit, police said. He was among the 150 drivers that have been charged with street racing or stunt racing since the start of May. Because what else are you going to do in Ontario during COVID-19 lockdown but uh, street race? Uh, the 18-year-old was behind the wheel of a Mercedes with a 19-year-old passenger on Sunday when he was caught going about a football field per second, said Ontario uh, Police Sergeant Kerry uh, Schmidt. Uh, the OPP, <laughs> that's Ontario Police, so they, they call them the OPP, I guess. Uh, highway you know safety, the OPP, <laughs> Highway Safety Division's Twitter account, posted a photo of the radar gun catching him speeding and the vehicle being towed away. Wow, 191 miles per hour. That's, that's pretty, that's, that's moving. That's moving along a bit. Hey, hey, Junior, what you want to do? You want to play cards? You want to play Sega? What are we doing? Let's go street race. Yeah, All right. Why not? <laughs> I got nothing else to do. 
Okay, let, let, there's got there's got to be something else. There's a UFO videos. We don't need to see about that. And the older old lady getting a beer delivery. That's not news. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's okay. Let's let's find something else. There's got to be something else. There's always got to be something better. Okay, a New Jersey grandmother in a uh, unicorn outfit. Okay, and two men with a machete. <laughs> Safe words, apple tree. Apple tree. <laughs> uh, handshakes with new acquaintances and hugs from loved ones uh, feel like something out of a relic amid the COVID-19 pandemic, but one grandmother found a fun, colorful way to greet her grandkids. Maureen Sweeney. Gotta love that. Especially when it's followed by strapped on. Maureen, Maureen Sweeney strapped on. <laughs> Strapped on a colorful unicorn costume in an effort to greet her grandkids, uh, Ryland and Lincoln in New Jersey. Uh, Hugh Dillon, her son, uh, captured footage of the May 24th reunion with Sweeney trotting down the street before her kin run up with an, before her kin run up with an enthusiastic hello. So, all right. The grandma, the, the grandma only lives a few blocks away from the grandchildren, but it was the first time they hugged since March 17th due to COVID-19 pandemic, and now they're all sick. No, I'm kidding. That, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and they buried her in, yes. the, okay. <laughs> in the unicorn costume <laughs> <laughs> that she had strapped on. No. <laughs> yes, there's something about saying Marine Sweeney strapped on that just – it brightened my day a little, I gotta say. <laughs> well, that's what unicorns do, though. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Not as much as a couple of dudes with a machete, but you know, right? It's it's all related. It's all related. All right. I, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I think we're going to start wrapping up. I'm going to okay. give you a couple minutes. I don't even think we talked about the uh, the festival. Well, no, we uh, actually, uh, so this year the festival is put off because of COVID. Um, I didn't want to fight um, people coming out versus how much, how many people they're going to allow in the club. Right. So uh, I've, I've, it's the funniest comic East of the Mississippi contest. You can find FCE, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. FCEMcontest.com. I find out information about that. It's a contest I run every year. Festival slash contest. We uh, we send uh, the winner of the contest out to California to audition with AGT every year. It's a lot of fun. We have industry professionals that show up, including an AGT casting producer and uh, different festival runners uh, that uh, from all over the country as well as Canada show up to it. So it's a lot of fun. And we have club owners come down like yourself, like you were invited. Um, and you know, once we get that going next year, it might we might do it at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna figure kind of take this slow and just figure out where, oh, yeah. um, you know, where we're gonna put it next year. But it, it'll be back next year. Um, but as far as like where people can find me, uh, it, it's Josh Sardom. Um, it, that's my media everywhere. So I mean, if like you're on Facebook, you can find me there. If you're on Instagram, it's just Josh Sardom. S A R D A M. Um, if they're on Twitter or TikTok, I'm even on TikTok. Um, yeah, um, SoundCloud, it's everywhere. And uh, I also host a podcast myself, which uh, Dawn has been on. Yep. Um, and the episode came out a week ago, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, it's called The Ego's Last Stand. The Ego's Last Stand, that's uh, what Steve Martin referred to as the stand of comedy. Hmm. He called it The Ego's Last Stand. So I figured that'd be a great 
name for a podcast. So you can find me all those different places. And of course, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm on um, farmersonly.com. Um, but I, yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm not on there. Um, but not anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, plenty of fish. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, uh, good luck in comedy. Hopefully we'll uh, get the club open before too long. We'll have you back up here soon. Dude, I would love to come back up there. That club is a lot of fun. Uh, you guys made me feel really welcome when I was up there. I mean, I know Richie had been there before, but I had never been. And you guys were awesome to me, and I really appreciate it. And I look forward to it, dude. And thank you so much for this. This was fun. Oh, absolutely. Well, have have a great day. Uh, thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. Be sure to keep tuning in. We're uh, I guess we're going to keep doing them. All right, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. Bugger off, it's too early.